I am Suzanne Brantley. I've been here. I spent last summer with y'all, and I just love you to pieces. Um, I, I miss you when I'm not here, which is, I miss you a lot. And this is just the most wonderful, you have the most wonderful church. Your music is wonderful. You're wonderful. And I'm so glad to be here today. Our first reading is from the book of Jonah. And it's the first and second verse. And it says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, for I have seen how wicked its people are. God notices. Our next reading is from Luke. And it's Luke 18. And we're going to start a little differently. That's in the bulletin. We're going to start at um, 18 and the 18th verse. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, There is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was rich. Let us pray. Father, we are so thankful that we have come to this house of worship, this place where you dwell. Lord Jesus Christ, we ask your blessing on us. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Move among us, fill our hearts, teach us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Um, thank you. This is the story of God calling his people and God's people hiding, running. It's the story of Jonah, but it's also the story of me and of you. It says that one day the word of the Lord came to Jonah. God calls Jonah and he says, you go to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a large city that had become so evil that its wickedness had come to God's attention. And there's even one uh, uh, translation that says, a stench rose before God because of the wickedness of that city. And God calls Jonah to go to Nineveh and cry out against it. He said, tell them they are wicked and tell them that God is displeased. Therefore, they must repent and be saved. 
God loved the people of Nineveh. He did not want them destroyed, but God could not overlook their evil. So God sent Jonah. But Jonah flees from God. Why do we run or pretend we do not hear? Surely, we say, God isn't talking to me. There is self-concern. What will this mean to me? Now, everybody is going to understand this. They may not like me anymore. It will interrupt my life. And how do you say that God told me this without sounding like someone who's crazy? Yet, God does call us. He calls you and he calls me. I heard a man, I went to a speech he gave, and he told of God calling him in the middle of a crowded major airport. An announcement was made that someone desperately needed to get on the plane that he had a ticket on, and they needed someone to give their seat and take a flight four hours later. The Lord said to him, you give up your seat because he looks around, nobody has their hand up, nobody. The man said, Lord, you know, I've got this revival to preach. I'll just have time to get there and to rest a little bit and clean up and get to the auditorium. The Lord said, I want you to give up your seat on this plane. I have need of it. The Lord said, I have need of it. And so the preacher raised his hand and said, I will take the next flight. He found out later that the person was trying desperately to get to a loved one's side who was dying and that he had been in deep prayer that someone would let him on, let him have their ticket. Well, the preacher sat there and waited for the next flight. And he began to talk to the Lord. Lord, he said, you and I got to have a talk. We have to come to an understanding. There were over a hundred other people there that could have given up their seats. Why me? And the Lord answered, because you're the only one who would listen. Mm. Well, now Jonah heard God, and Jonah ran. It says that Jonah went down to Joppa on the Mediterranean coast of Israel, and he bought a ticket to Tarshish. He went west instead of east. I don't like to point because I have no sense of direction. I don't know what is that west or east or is it? Okay, that's West. So he went exactly in the opposite direction. Tarshish was on the coast of Spain, and Nineveh was in what today we call Iraq. He went in the opposite direction, and Jonah's disobedience is complete. 
He's going the other way. But Jonah's flight is futile. The presence of God surrounds him. There's a terrible storm at sea. The captain and the sailors are frantic to save their ship. They throw everything overboard. They prayed to their gods. And old Jonah's asleep below, depressed and exhausted from running from God. They wake him up and say, Jonah, have you brought this on to us? They cast lots and it falls on Jonah. And they say, what have you done? What have you done? And Jonah says, I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And I have disobeyed him. Throw me overboard. Save yourselves. But you know, those sailors are pretty good people. They really are. They don't want to throw him overboard. And so they continue working for hours more. And then the ship starts to break up. There was a wooden ship. And it is breaking up. And so they throw Jonah overboard. And God has a huge fish there that swallows him. The storm abated. Can you imagine being inside a fish? Smelly. The acids in the fish's stomach must have bleached Jonah. He begins to pray. And God has the fish spew him up onto dry land. And Jonah is back where he started. And the Lord says, Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I will tell you. And Jonah rose and he went to Nineveh. Now, let me say now, he did not go very willingly. Because he didn't like the people of Nineveh and he didn't want them to get saved. That's true. That's what it says. But he went at the command of God. But what if we continue to run from God? I ran for over a year. It's it's a very heavy thing. You can't get away. But God is patient, and he calls us over and over. God is patient. But what if we continue to run? I believe, and I will tell you in a minute why I believe this, that there will come a time when God just says, okay, and find someone else who will hear and will respond. Like in that group of people from the airline, one person responded. So I think he will do that. He will, and gradually that call will fade from our hearts. It is sad, empty, and there's no blessing. In the 18th chapter of Luke that we read, there is recorded Jesus meeting with a rich young man, a man of great position of importance. But he asked Jesus, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? You see, something is missing. Something is missing in his soul. It is not well. What shall I do? 
And Jesus lifts the commandments, do not murder or steal, honor your father and mother. And the young man says, I have kept these all of my life, ever since I was old enough to learn them. I have done these. And when Jesus heard this, he said, there's one thing lacking. Sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Now, now Jesus doesn't tell everyone to sell all they have and give it away. He does. In fact, this is the only one I ever know he did that. But, you see, he tells this man, because his money, his things, are like God to him. They, they mean everything to him. His money has him. He doesn't have his money. And the young man is sorrowful because these things, he just can't do it. He was very rich. He could not give up what he had, even for the promise of treasure in heaven, even for the high privilege of following Jesus. And it says when Jesus saw that, he became very sorrowful. Now, Jesus did not yell. He didn't call down fire. He didn't run after him to try to sell him on the kingdom. He was sorry. He was sorrowful. And Jesus went on teaching. There comes a time, and it is sad. But what are the blessings of obedience, of hearing the call of God and going, whether it is to Nineveh or to visit the sick? You know, some of you here have a real gift for visiting someone who's sick or in the hospital. You know what to say. You know when to pray for them. You know to touch. You have this gift. Or clothe the naked. You're generous, providing what is needed. Or visit those in prison. You bring Christ to prison. What are the blessings? Jonah did not did go on to Nineveh that second time. Do you know if he hadn't gone, we'd never heard of Jonah? Do you ever think of that? We wouldn't know who Jonah was. We wouldn't be talking. I certainly wouldn't be talking this morning about Jonah. Well, but he did go. He walked across the city. It took him three days. Now, if you figure 20 miles a day, this Bible doesn't say this. This is me. I made this up. If you figure 20 miles a day, that would make the city 60 miles across. That's just me. Jonah was no great evangelist. He just walked and said, 40 days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. There was no massive auditorium seeking thousands, no beautiful praise band, no testimonies from famous athletes. Just this strange man yelling, 40 more days and you've had it. (laughs) Well, the people of Nineveh repented. You see, God had their hearts ready. Now, this is something that's real important. Whenever God calls us to do things, the results are up to God, not to us. 
You know, that's just a real blessing when I realized that. It was just, I was just a yell, you know. That's what Jonah did. That's what he needed. And the people of Nineveh repented. The king of Nineveh proclaimed a fast. And everyone put on sackcloth as a sign of repentance. Even the cattle had sackcloth. That's true. That's what it says. Even the cattle had sackcloth. And when God saw, God relented, and he did not destroy that great city. Well, now the disciples, uh, you remember the rich young man. Okay. The disciples saw all that and took it in. And Peter says, look, we've left our homes and followed you. You know, we can do that. This guy couldn't, but we can. Look, we have left our homes and followed you. Jesus, look, we have done that. And Jesus says, truly, I tell you, there is no one who has left all for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not get back very much more in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Blessings now and then later eternal life. Oh, this is the promise of obedience. Give up all you have and follow me. Give up your time. Give up your fear. Teach a class. Visit a prisoner. And you know what? It doesn't mean going to China. Because I want to tell you something. Those who want to who go to China want to. That is their, that's what God has made them for. It's the mission field. You can keep them out of there. See. So And God never asks us for anything that we cannot do and that will not bless us. I speak from experience. You don't have to have courage all the time. You probably won't. It doesn't matter. He will see you through. You just look. You just look at him, provide you with everything you need. You just watch it. You just watch it, for he will do it. This is the promise of obedience. Give up all you have and follow me. Give me everything. Jesus said, and he said, I'm going to give you such blessing. I will give you such blessing, contentment, comfort, learning, satisfaction, a meaning in this life, an eternal life. In the time to come, this is the good news of the gospel. In the name of Jesus, amen.